Every head bowed, every eye closed, every head bowed, every eye closed. A gracious, glorious, wondrous, marvelous Heavenly Father, we pause this evening to say thank you. You've been mighty good to us. You brought us out. You brought us over. You brought us through. Oh God, you just brought us from a mighty long way. From all across this great country, you allowed us to come to this place even tonight to hear from heaven. Please, God, to this your people, talk to us. Now, you've already talking, you've already spoken to me. Now, God, please speak, speak through me to your people. A, a life-giving word, a joy-bringing word, a burden-lifting word, a way-making word, a, a tear-drying word, a soul-saving word. We need to hear from you. We can't make it if you don't talk to us. We, we can't go another further if you don't speak to us. So tonight, from the blessed old book, the Bible, speak to us. Speak over us like you did over nothing and nothing became something. Talk to us tonight. Enrich us, encourage us, uh, engage us, empower us that we might leave this place even tonight. The better for having come. Just have your own way. You are the potter, we are the clay. Mold us and make us after your will. While we're waiting, yielded and still. Get yourself some glory. We know you're going to do us some good. We ask in the mighty name of Jesus, our conquering Christ. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. God bless my father's children. We greet you tonight with Jesus' joy and bring you greetings from the North G family in Rochester, New York. I am super delighted to be with you uh, on tonight to share uh, our convictions concerning the Christ. I have much regard and affection and really love for uh, Dr. Jeff. He's doing an outstanding job. One of the bright and brilliant minds in this, our fellowship. Uh, do I need to introduce him to y'all? Let me, let me say that to you again. I said he's one of the bright and brilliant minds in our fellowship. Amen. Amen. We, we worked together uh, across the years, classmate, classmate from way back in the day and, uh, and uh, share uh, work on the, on the board of the National Teachers Workshop. He, just a tremendous, tremendous guy. I'm delighted to, to be in the company of these great preachers uh, for uh, this year, as, as we were uh, last year, we're getting, getting kind of used to this, getting kind of just getting kind of used to this. Uh, my, I do have to quickly make a confession uh, tonight. I'm getting ready to preach, so I need to get this out the way. Uh, me and Mrs. Jones, <laughs> we got a thing going on. <laughs> my beautiful wife is in the audience tonight, Brenda. Um, my daughter would say, we've been booed up for all across 30-plus years. Uh, Y'all too old. I say, we, we've been booed up. <laughs> hey, hey, amen, amen. She's been a great joy 
uh, and uh, to my life and to my ministry. We thank God for it. We have members from the North G family who are here. We're delighted to have you. Get your, get your, get your word, please, tonight. And meet us in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 1. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. My subject tonight is I admit I am hooked on PEDs. I admit I am hooked on PEDs. In the, the world of sports, the scourge of the use of performing, performance enhancing drugs is still the rage. You may be familiar with cyclist Lance Armstrong who was victorious over cancer and who won five Tour de France, which is the Super Bowl of cycling. But as awesome as he was as a cyclist, he couldn't outrace the accusations that he took PEDs. In baseball, Barry Bonds of the San Francisco Giants is accused of uh, taking PEDs. Uh, PEDs is a, a problem in football, in weightlifting, in track. The danger, of course, is that when records are broken or records are established, they are seen to be invalidated because of the athlete taking PEDs. I have, uh, I have good news for you tonight. I've really not come to talk to you about performance-enhancing drugs. I do want to affirm that I am hooked on PEDs, but it's not performance-enhancing drugs. Rather, it is power-enhancing devotion. That's the thought of the text. Faith is our power-enhancing devotion. As we unpack the passage to uncover the principles, there are two truths threaded into the tapestry of the text. They form the substance of the sermon. They offer the homiletical hinges on which the message swing. Notice, if you will, please, tonight, the understanding the, the scriptural nature of faith. Then notice underscoring the spiritual necessity of faith. And if you got some God in you, you ought to be shouting right about then. Notice, if you will, understanding the scriptural nature of faith. I say to you tonight, everybody has faith. Faith is the common denominator of life. When you, when you walked into this building, you exercised faith. You had faith in the architect. You had faith uh, in the contractors, you had faith in the building materials. Nobody, I saw no one check the building. You just came in 
by faith. Uh, many of you, when you got here, you flew. That's faith. I wish somebody was helping me tonight. You, you get on that plane, sometimes the cockpit is closed. You don't know who up there. You just trust that whoever's up there know how to not only get the plane up, but get the plane down like it's supposed to be. That's faith. But I wanted to say to you tonight, faith's power does not rest in the operation of faith. Faith's power rests in the object of faith. You just missed what I just said. Your having faith uh, isn't the key to victory. Is the object of your faith. That's the key to victory. The Muslim puts his faith in the Quran or in Muhammad. The, the idolater puts his faith in graving images. The humanist puts his faith in himself. The philosopher put his faith in his own ideals. The materialist put his faith in money. The religionist puts his faith in his own good deeds. But none of these can save because of the object of faith. But the Christian put his faith in Christ. Notice, if we will, the substance of faith. I understand that uh, you, you're familiar with this term, substance, hypostasis, stand under. Uh, since how you understand, that means stand under. I won't spend a lot of time on that. But Mouton and Milligan report this phrase, this word in the Greek text uh, as, as speaking uh, of, uh, as, a, as a legal term. They, they say it denotes uh, uh, a representative of the whole body of documents that bears on a, the ownership of a person's property, uh, deposited somewhere in the archives. Uh, it, it forms the evidence uh, that, uh, of ownership. Faith, they say, is our title deed. Mm. Our title deed for things hoped for. Faith. Faith, I mean, saving faith is not insubstantial. It's not illusionary. It's, it's, it's not a belief that something might be true. Faith is not wishful thinking. Faith is not having a, mental, a positive mental attitude. Faith is not a magic formula. Faith is not a warm, fuzzy emotion. Faith is believing to the point a personal commitment. You didn't see that. Faith is not jumping to conclusion. Faith is coming to the conclusion that baby, it's all right to jump because you got a word from the Lord. A little boy said once that faith is believing what you know ain't so. That's not faith. Faith is believing what you know is so. It's, it's a devotion. It's not just an emotion. Faith is trusting God even when you don't understand it. Faith is obeying God even when you don't feel it. Faith is relying on God even when you can't see it. In Romans chapter 4, verse 16, the Bible says, Therefore it is a faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of faith, uh, uh, who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all, as is his risen. I have made you, 
a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Paul, in his correspondence to these regal Romans, uses Abraham as a test case for faith. Even though Abraham is too old to have children, I'm sorry, to have children. Even though Abraham is too old to have children, God says to him, not that I will make you the father of many nations, but I have, I have made you. And the Bible says that Abraham hoped literally beyond hope. You, you didn't see it. it, it it's, uh, it's, it's hope, some translation says, against hope. It, it's, in the Greek text, it's in the accusative. Uh, it, and, and it has to do with uh, beyond the possibility of something. He, Abraham, held on to his hope, even though he had no hope in the physical, he held on to hope in the spiritual because he had a word from God. Faith, I tell you, sees the coming spring in spite of the current winter. Faith sees the showers in, in spite of the current drought. Faith sees the prospects in spite of the current circumstances. Faith sees abundance in spite of the current barrenness. Faith, I tell you, faith sees the impossible, achieves the unreachable, Asks for the unthinkable, hopes for the impossible, lives for the incredible. Thank God I am hooked on PEDs, the power enhancing devotion. It's the substance of faith. Notice the confidence of faith. To write it, he says, faith is the evidence. Is the evidence. Ellen Cox is the Greek term. It, 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 it has to do with uh, that by which invisible things are proved to be so. Faith is, is the Christian's inner conviction that what God has promised, he will perform. No matter how, how things appear, Noah will tell you, by faith it's going to rain, even though it has never rained before. Because, baby, it is what God says it is, even when it don't look like it is. Preach, Jones, I'll do this by myself. It just makes me work harder. Uh, faith uh, is taking God at his word. Moses would tell you, let's march forward, even though the Red Sea stands in our way. Because it is what God says it is. Even when it doesn't look like it is, David would tell you, you might be outsized and, and you might be outgunned, but you, honey, you don't ever have to be outfought because giants will fall flat at our feet because it is what God says it is, even when it doesn't look like it is. I don't know what battles you have to fight. I don't know what difficulties you are facing. I do know that faith is our PED. It is our power enhancing devotion. Tonight I just remind you 
that no matter how things appear, it is what God says it is, even when it doesn't look like it is. I admit to you, sometimes it don't look like it is. Preach Jones. Yeah, sometimes it don't look like it is. When your debts are high and your funds are low, sometimes it doesn't look like it is. When joy has lost your address and sorrow has come to stay, sometimes it doesn't look like it is. When you get fired, even though you're trying to be faithful, sometimes it doesn't look like it is. When you get sick, even though you got saved, sometimes it doesn't look like it is. But honey, I declare it is what God says it is, even when it doesn't look like it is. Well, there's a second issue in the text. That bids you good evening. Underscoring the spiritual necessity of faith. The book says, without faith, we lose that critical component that connects our hurts to God's healing. You just missed your shot. I said, faith is what connects our hurts to God's healing. Paul, that dutiful and dedicated, devoted disciple of the king, at the end of life's journey, it seems to indicate to us he understood the necessity of faith. He says, I'm already been poured out as a drink offering. The time of my departure is at hand. I fought a good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. Paul, in his long and arduous journey toward the city of God, was not able to keep much else. But thank God, he said, I kept the faith. Faith is worth keeping. Because without faith, there is no perceiving God. The Hebrew writer tells us that it's faith that allows us to understand some things about God. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which appear were not made uh, by the things which do appear. Now, uh, when, you, when you think about God and scripture, there's never any attempt in the Bible to prove the existence of God. The existence of God is never argued. God is just stated as historical fact. In the beginning, God it is faith that allows us to perceive the invisible, incredible, incomprehensible God. Faith allows us to perceive just how awesome and just how infinite God is. When I talk about infinite God, I, I, I mean that the concept of limitation does not apply to God. He's free from all limitations and he's bound only by his will and by his nature. In the, in the world of the physical, everything and everybody are restricted and restrained by the laws of limitation. It strains the intellect of man. It stretches the imagination of man to, to, to conjure anything or anyone that operates outside of the constraining and confining chains of capacity. You don't see it. The ego can only soar so high 
before the, constraint, the, the constraining chains of capacity places the roofs of restriction on its majestic wings and thereby bars further access to altitude on her imposing presence. The cognitive capability of the genius can only perceive so much information before the confining chains of capacity places in prison further facts and figures and access to further knowledge is denied bail. The fierce ferociousness of a hurricane can flex its muscles on the shoreline but only for so long before the constraining and confining chains of capacity it, it, its places are on its strong shoulders and, and is arrested for breaking the laws of limitation. I declare all forces on earth must deal with the rules of restriction, must deal with the laws of limitation, but not God. God is infinite. When it comes to time, God is infinite. Uh, the book says, before the mountains were born, thou, thou didst give birth to the earth from everlasting to everlasting. Thou art God. Mama didn't know that verse. Here's what Mama knew. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. He may not come when you want him. But baby, he's always, he's always on time. God is infinite. Without faith, you can't perceive God. Without faith, you can't please God. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I, I, I declare all we do must be done in faith, without faith, our worship is wasted effort, pointless pantomime, and empty ritual. Without faith, our singing, as beautiful as it is, is sound and fury signifying nothing. Without faith, our giving is an unsuccessful bribe. Help me, Lord. Without faith, our service is a selfish attempt at manipulation. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. You need P-E-D's. When the road is rough, you need a power-enhancing devotion. When the going is tough, you need a power-enhancing devotion. When the battle has been hard and the difficulty is not very clear, you need a power-enhancing. You don't see it. I got to, quickly, I got to show it to you. I got to show it to you. I got to, I got to show it to you. You don't. You don't see it. Now I got to show it to you. I like movies. And one movie I like was Superman. Oh, Jesus. I like Superman. But I like, I like the old Superman. Christopher Reeves. And, and there was this, there was a movie when, with Richard Pryor. Y'all remember? 
Oh, y'all were at Bible class that night? Richard was on a, on a burning building and Superman swooped down and picked Richard up and flew him away. And Richard looks down to the ground. He's way up and he's, he says to Superman, we show up high. And, and I'm, I'm scared. And Superman said, I, I just saved you from a burning building. What makes you think? I'm going to drop you now. You just missed your shout. I don't know how y'all feel about it, but I declare by faith, Christ is my Superman. And I know he won't drop me. When the storms of life are raging, Christ is my Superman. And I know he won't drop me. When, when chilly winds blow, Christ is my Superman. And I know he won't drop me. When the sun goes on hiatus and the moon shuts her eyes and the stars go on strike, Christ cries, cries. He's my Superman. And I know, I know he won't drop me. That's power enhancing devotion. 